and welcome to Conversations from the World of Allergy, a podcast produced by the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology. I'm your host, Dave Stukas. I'm a board-certified allergist and immunologist and serve as the social media medical editor for the Academy. Our podcast series will use different formats to interview thought leaders from the world of allergy and immunology. This podcast is not intended to provide any individual medical advice to our listeners. We do hope that our conversations provide evidence-based information. Any questions pertaining to one's own health should always be discussed with their personal physician. The Find an Allergist search engine on the Academy website is a useful tool to locate a listing of board-certified allergists in your area. Finally, use of this audio program is subject to the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology Terms of Use Agreement, which you can find at www.aaai.org. Today's edition of our Conversations from the World of Allergy podcast series will discuss the upcoming Academy's Practice Management Workshop. We are very pleased to welcome back Dr. Priya Bonsall. Dr. Bonsall is an allergist immunologist who treats patients at the Asthma and Allergy Wellness Center associated with Northwestern Medicine and Amita Health in St. Charles, Illinois. Dr. Bonsall is very involved in the Academy, currently serving as the chair for the Practice Management Workshop Planning Committee, which makes her the perfect guest to discuss today's topic. Dr. Bonsall, thanks for joining us again and taking the time to join us, and welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, well, this is very timely for reasons we're going to discuss in just a moment, Uh, but I'd love to have your insight, and I think it's going to be very valuable for all of our listeners and Academy members to hear uh, you describe some of the elements of the upcoming workshop. But before we get into that, uh, I'd love to hear more about the history of the Practice Management Workshop, including how long has it been offered and available, and what types of attendees is it typically geared towards? So uh, the original practice management workshop was offered back in 2004. So it was created as a presidential initiative of Dr. Gail Shapiro, who wanted to develop more resources for the practicing allergists. So it's been wonderful for us, you know, being with the Academy because they do have so many resources for the practicing allergists. And basically this 2020 meeting uh, was going to be our 15th annual practice management workshop, but it's the first one that we are going to have virtually. So we're really excited about that. Um, In the past, you know, it's traditionally, as everyone's seen, it's been in July. So it's been in the summer, um, generally because it was a less busy time for allergy practices. And it was jam-packed over a weekend so that allergists and their staff didn't have to lose any clinic time to be able to attend it. Uh, at the beginning, I would say it was a kind of first geared towards the practicing allergists and their staff. And then in the last few years, it's been recognized that, you know, we have an emerging model of medicine, right? So we have academics, we have large hospital group practices, we have um, individual solo practices. So the education was broadened to include sessions to incorporate people from different walks of life. Um, not only in terms of like where you practice, but also in terms of where you are in your career. So for example, last year was the first year we did a mid-career allergist track. We have a newly starting um, program for the fellows in training. We have sessions geared towards um, retirement. So it kind of doesn't matter where you, where you are in the spectrum. We were able to tailor programming to everyone. Uh, we generally see about I would say 200 to 240 at a typical workshop. And we liked the smaller size because you could interact not only in the sessions, but it was a great forum to interact and learn from each other 
either over lunch or stopping for coffee or, or in um, different ways that we connect, right, when we go to meetings. Um, and I would say as far as breakout, we think about 60% of people who attend are allergists. Um, like I said, all from different walks of their career, from being in fellowship all the way through retirement. And about 40% of the attendees are uh, practice staff, so which is very lovely for the administrative and the clinical team. So what would happen is the allergist will come with uh, someone else from their office to help pick up some of these practice pearls because sometimes you can't be in two places at once. So somebody can go to one session and someone else can go to another session. So um, we really felt that, you know, it, it kind of didn't matter if you practice in an in an office, in a large hospital, in academics, it, it, it the practice management workshop, there's something for everyone. Hmm. That's fantastic. It, it really sounds like you've had a, a thoughtful approach to evolving and growing the workshop over time to really include something for everybody. Um, that's wonderful. And as you mentioned, unfortunately, while you can't be in person this year, it does represent a new milestone since it's the first completely virtual format for the workshop. And, you know, since it's unfortunate, we all are missing being together in person, but, you know, there's always silver lining. So what are some benefits? For us, um, the the one benefit that I see is that with virtual, we can disseminate this information to everybody and we can disseminate it quickly, right? So the beauty is like the video is going to be there. It's going to be stored. If for some reason you can't make it on that webinar, we are going to have it um, archived. We're also trying to find a way to get it into an audio format. So just like this, people can listen to it in their car. We are, um, you know, the one advantage too is, you know, for example, anytime when you're planning a meeting, all your talks have to be planned in advance, right? We have to submit our, our slides and get everything uploaded. Um, this is a little bit different in the sense that we can get you these new and hot topics, right? So if we want to talk about something, we can bring it out to you right away. We basically have a huge, also it's broadened our draw for speakers, right? Because I don't have to worry about anyone traveling. So we can say, hey, can you join us virtually, which is usually pretty convenient for people. And then I would say, lastly, it can continue throughout the year, right? So it doesn't, we don't just have to confine it to one weekend. We can have these sessions throughout the year and and bring in topics and speakers and ideas that everyone's interested in learning about. Mm, so yeah, perhaps instead of 240 attendees, now you can have 2,000, uh, who knows? Correct, yeah, and, that'd be awesome. So what's this gonna look like? Is it is it all one day, one session? Is it all live, pre-recorded? Or are there different formats for the presentations? Give us uh, Give us some insight into what we can look forward to. As you know, as everything's evolving um, with the COVID-19 situation, I feel like our um, program is going to evolve as well. So for right now, what we've accomplished is we've accomplished the summer programming. And the summer programming we are going to have on weekday evenings, um, which are going to be 90, about 90 minute sessions for the summer. Uh, we do think that that, however, can evolve. If there is an interest, for example, from practice managers to say, hey, we want to do it all over a few hours on a Saturday, we are going to be able to accommodate that format as well. So I do feel like the format is going to evolve depending on what the need is by our members. And that's what we're all here for. We're all here to support membership. 
That's great. And then do you will the will they be live webinars, which then people can, you know, they'll be archived on the website to access later, or are they all going to be pre-recorded or a mix of, of both? So no. Um at at the moment we're looking at trying to conduct them as live webinars mm. because like I said, one of the best things that we had at the actual practice management workshop was the intimacy and the interaction between people. So hoping to still have that live interaction, but let's say that you can't make it, we will have accessibility to that. So trying to accommodate for that need, but hopefully live so that everybody who wants to ask a question and wants um, clarification on things are able to get that clarification. Oh, that's great. You know, and, and I apologize for going off course here for a second, but in my, my quality improvement mindset is loving this because, you know, with the annual meeting, you spend over a year planning and planning and organizing and organizing, and you're all in on these topics, like you said, are, are preset and predetermined. You have to have everything done months in advance. But with you, you get to dip your toes in the water and try a format and then reassess and reevaluate, and you can change that and, and evolve that in real time. So the next time, uh, you can adapt and learn from what you've done before. I think that's fascinating. It's, um, I think, really going with our theme of this year with Dr. Pizano's mission of education, right? So part of education is, Obviously, we're trying to get the information and the education out to our members, but all of it is us getting educated as well, learning what works, what doesn't work, adapting, bringing new information, new topics. What do people want to hear? So it's a perfect, you know, like you said, kind of a feedback loop in in mm -hmm. real time. Great. Well, I don't want to forget, where can people sign up and register for the course? Uh, and in doing so, do they have to attend every session or are they able to kind of pick and choose as this, as this evolves over time? So the beauty of this is that, yes, you can pick and choose whatever you would like. Whatever session interests you, whatever topics interest you, um, you can feel free to go ahead and sign up for what you would like. You um, And I know um, Dr. Fasano ha uh, had put out a video message yesterday. And at the bottom of that video message was a registration link, which would take you straight to the registration. So right on the practice management workshop site, there's a registration button. You can click and register for each course individually. And at the top of it, it says that um, it is, you know, it'll say $50, but it actually, if you scroll to the bottom, it says that, you know, it is free for all of our academy members, as well as their practicing staff. So you just have to email, get a coupon code, and the staff can also register, which is huge that we are, we are trying to really get this information out to you, to all of the members at no cost and to them. Wow, so free for all members. All they have to do is sign up. They can pick and choose, watch at their leisure, tune in live if they want, or, or catch another time. It sounds like a perfect scenario. Yeah, and, and in the sense that, you know, most the reason why it was so important, like, yes, you know, you have free webinars, but again, the beauty of this is that we are going to offer CME and CE. So mm -hmm. this is another great way because a lot of us missed our meetings and we couldn't get our CME for the year. So this is a perfect way to tune in, get your CME at absolutely no cost to you. Fantastic. Okay. Well, uh, I can't wait to hear more. So l let's give our listeners a taste of what's to come. Um, we're going to go through sort of what you have announced so far, if that's okay, because I'd love to have you take a little deeper dive into some of these topics. But it looks like on Thursday, June 18th, so um, less than a week from the time of our recording, uh, and very soon after people are first listening to this podcast, the first webinar is titled, 
EIDL, PPP, and stimulus payments. How do I keep it all straight? What will this session cover and why is it pertinent to attendees? And please tell me because I have no idea what EIDL stands for. <laughs> yeah. So these are a, a, a large part of the financial assistance programs that were made available through the CARES Act. So they were different assistance programs for the allergy immunology practices, and there's requirements for each one, right? So some people may, in practice, some of these small businesses may have received loans or stimulus payments, and, you know, it's kind of hard to keep them all straight and how do we account for this money for the government because you do have to attest to it. So the beauty with this is that we are going to have speakers, you know, from Heart Health, which has been a huge partner for us with the Academy to be able to talk about the nuances of each of these programs and how to keep all of the recording straight, right? And then also, we are going to have Dr. Yassin and a practice, uh, practice manager, Diane LaDuke, also come on. And um, Dr. Yassin is going to talk about nuances for the physician within the practice and how originally, I guess, being able to apply for these loans as well, uh, if it was a loan, and again, how to keep things straight within the practice and the finances um, on a day-to-day -day level. And Diane is going to address how does this affect what happens in the practice in terms of what, you know, typically maybe people weren't scheduling. Now we're trying to get people back to work. So how does the schedule look like? How does the allotment for the protective equipment look like? How do we, again, these little nuances on managing the day-to-day -day practice? Mm, that sounds very timely. And I'm taking a guess in, in saying that um, this topic probably wasn't in the original proposal when you first put the workshop together. <laughs> oh, gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, no. We were we weren't looking at the economic injury disaster loan, which is very ideal. But we were looking yeah. more at, you know, like like you said, pre uh, tracks and pre planned topics. So again, we're trying to get this out yeah. to help uh, academy members in real time right now. All right. And speaking of which, so the second webinar is scheduled for a week later on June 25th, and that one is titled "Job Prospects During the COVID-19 Pandemic: What Options Exist." And also, this sounds very timely as well, of course. So what are some important points for people to consider regarding this and what's going to be discussed in more detail in this session? So what we were finding is that, unfortunately, unfortunately um, part of the fallout with the COVID-19 pandemic has been either fellows are currently having difficulty finding positions or they have lost their positions that were once um, they were told that they would be able to join certain practices, but now the practice cannot afford that. Um, mm -hmm. Or uh, academic practices have a hiring freeze. Or there are other members of the practice that have almost been forced to retire, as well as new allergists maybe in practice a few years, but then again also have been let go. So this has caused a considerable stress and burden. And honestly, I was on Facebook yesterday reading um, another post from a family medicine physician. So it's been happening ac across the board, unfortunately. So uh, this session was mainly designed because of the these situations. And we have our fellow and training liaison and our NIA liaison, which is our new allergist, immunologist assembly liaison, to try to explain what their perspectives are coming from it. And we're also going to have panelists that talk about different avenues. So for example, we have a practice management, practice administrator, I mean, talking about 
what does like what other other things can you do can you advert how can you advertise yourself can you relocate can you do something different as well as practicing allergists talking about what are other job prospects that you could do could you do locum could you do something else um an industry consultant expert to talk about consulting opportunities and then lastly an academic panelist to talk about how you can enhance your application, even though if there is a hiring freeze, what else can you do? So that if you do want to go into academics, you can make that transition easily once things are more uh, stable. Mm. Wow, that, that's a very important conversation to have. And I know that's weighing on a lot of uh, fellows in training right now. So, okay. Well, you know, I know the dates and the times of the additional sessions are still being finalized, but uh, tell me more about plans for the webinar titled Academic practice management in the COVID-19 pandemic. What's that going to be about? So recently, I would say uh, during this pandemic, an article had come out actually out of my, out of my alma mater, um, out, of, out of Rush, and, you know, talking about uh, different ways to train fellows. So, well, that's one part of it. Obviously, yourself being an academic, you know, hey, that's a, this is one part working with the fellows, but we also have these other things going on, right? So, we have to manage our clinical trial patients. And some of these trials have been put on hold. Some of them have had modifications. How do we, what do we do with our patients that are actively in clinical trials? Let's say that we want to bring on a, a new fellow for the following year. How do we interview for these positions virtually since right now maybe they are not going to be able to fly and how can we make it an effective interview experience? How can we, uh, best talk about workflow and processes changes. And it's interesting, you know, because things, you know, they've gone from telemedicine in person. How do we, uh, how do we make that transition and what things have changed in the office and how do we see this evolving over time in an academic practice setting? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this, uh, there's data that came out that looks at the, the number of manuscript submissions, new manuscript submissions during COVID-19 and it has plummeted for um, women uh, who are in academic medicine, because uh, unfortunately, a lot of the burden of remote learning and, and staying at home and, and things like that with, with kids and families has fallen on them, uh, which is a, a tragedy among all the other tragedies that we've been experiencing. But that falls right in line with everything you're talking about, just all these other sort of the, the domino effect of what's going on in academics. Um, so that's, this is a really important conversation to have. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, definitely, we want to try to we want to try to get this information out there as you know, like again, in a timely fashion, so that people can get back to their lives or you know, use those collective brains to try to brainstorm strategies for the following year as we don't see this going away anytime soon. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Now, you mentioned telemedicine, and that's another that's a huge hot topic, as you know, and everybody listening knows as well. And so is there going to be a session during the practice management workshop uh, specifically discussing telemedicine? And if so, what are some of the important points that will be discussed? Well, you know, I, I, this is a topic really near and dear um, to my heart as, you know, I, I think almost everybody, right? We've all had to change and adopt and, and uh, figure out new ways. And almost literally overnight, right, people signed up and had to figure out how can I make this work for my practice? So I believe that this is very timely. Um, we are strategically planning this towards the mid to end of July. 
Um, it is that in that position on purpose because some of the telemedicine guidelines with insurance companies are set to expire uh, right around July 24th. So we are, you know, again, we don't know if those are going to be extended or not extended, but we wanted to try to plan this as close as possible to that timeline so that we could make our members aware of any extensions or any changes that are coming out uh, with some of the insurance companies. We also wanted to be able to talk about how to navigate the coding as these waivers are, you know, pulled back or as, you know, as some of these um, exceptions are removed. And it's interesting. I was actually on a women's allergy webinar actually yesterday. And one of the hot topics that came up is the difficulty in the scheduling template. So what's happening right now is, well, at the beginning, at the beginning of COVID, almost everybody was all telemedicine. And now as we are reopening offices, physicians are finding it difficult to go from one telemedicine to, to an in-person, inpatient, back to telemedicine. So the question is, how do you design your template? Do you do a telemedicine-only day? Do you have a half a day of telemedicine? So how do you make it work for your practice so that patients aren't upset, you know, and that they're waiting on either location because you're trying to go back and forth between the technology and in-person? We also are going to try to talk about, you know, trying to get some visit template scripts for visits to have consistency across the providers and looking into some billing strategies for some of these after hours calls. We also wanted to try to talk about how to use some mobile health devices, right? So we've seen um, being able to use a spirometry in a portable fashion. So how else, if you have some of these tools, how can you make this work remotely? So, and how can we incorporate these tools into the telemedicine visit? So hopefully, you know, trying to encompass all of these as new changes as the situation evolves. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot to cover. And, it, you know, along with all the other sessions you've described so far, it just sounds practical. I mean, it's, I think people are going to walk away from this with, you know, actionable items that they can say, oh, I can change my way of doing things based upon X, Y, and Z, and they can implement it right away. Um, again, right. Fantastic. And I think, and I think it is applicable, like I said, to everyone, whether you look in academics, large practice, small practice, it doesn't matter. All, all of us, just like all of mm -hmm. us yesterday, all of us on the call were facing similar issues across the country. Yeah, I know it for myself, it helps just to hear how others are doing it. Um, just little tidbits and, and things you can try because it's definitely not one size fits all as we try to all adapt to this ever-changing world that we live in right now. Well, um, right. you know, the the last session planned right now, uh, and as you mentioned, things may change in the future, so I encourage everybody to, to keep revisiting the website and pay attention to communications from the academy through email or through other messaging and things like that. But right now, the last planned session is titled, Engineering Your Practice for the Next Crisis. As ominous as that sounds, uh, it's also extremely important because we did not see this coming, but we are learning lessons, some very, very hard lessons in real time. And it would behoove all of us uh, to keep those near and dear to our heart and adapt so that we are prepared if and when the next crisis occurs. Uh, but any thoughts on what this, what this session might address? Like you said, it is tricky. So a lot of us are worried. So one is you want to prepare if something is further on down the road, right? But you also want to prepare for the fall because they are expecting, you know, who knows, but Currently, there's predictions for a second surge in the fall with COVID-19, which is going to be particularly difficult, as we know, as 
other re upper respiratory viruses emerge and, and the flu season as well, right? So basically trying to discuss with people uh, what protocols do we have to obtain PPE and make sure that we have access. And I know when originally myself, when I had tried to order, uh, I was told, well, you didn't put an order in for this in, in within the four months prior, so you don't have access to it. So how do we ensure and have those conversations either with vendors or institutions to make sure that we have access and maybe some availability at the beginning for PPE on site. Mm. Also going into the fall, what infection control measures are, and strategies are we going to put into place for our staff, right? To be able to make sure that, you know, we're doing things, you know, the same across the board for, for our patients. And also talking about Again, coming back to the patients, how are we going to educate them, right? So they are going to see, uh, you know, it, they're used to coming in, you know, for their sinus infection of the flu, but if we see a surge and have to go back to telemedicine, how are we going to accommodate for that, right? And how are we going to evolve our treatment model for our patients? So mainly yeah. looking at, you know, these particular issues. Yeah, that, wow. And the other thing that, you know, I've already have this conversation several times a week. It's early June, but parents are calling asking, what do we do about when kids go back to school? Uh, especially those who have right. these chronic allergic conditions and asthma, you know, what issues pertain to that? So this is uh, an evolving process. And I think allergists can play a key role, both with, you know, as you mentioned, the communication to patients and families, even advocating for them and, um, and trying our best to put in place best practices. Okay. Well, Dr. Bonsall, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to be with us today. It sounds like an outstanding workshop. I love the format. Um, I hope a lot of people take advantage of this wonderful resource that you've helped put together along with your entire committee. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we say goodbye? Well, the the one thing was, is, you know, just to remind people that the practice management workshop, you know, we've always used it to provide pearls to the staff, pearls to um to providers through like, you know, this jam pack weekend. So the beauty is again, right now, right, that we're gonna be able to provide CME and CE to the members and staff, no cost. And we're gonna reach those variety of members, like I said, fellows in training, new allergists, academicians. We want practicing allergists, solo practice, large groups. We want everybody to pay attention and find those topics, find what you're interested in and, you know, get on there and get some, you know, get some learning. So we're trying to get that education to you in the convenience, you know, of your own home. And obviously, any suggestions, we would more than welcome. So if you have any topic suggestions or any of the viewers, um, any of the viewers or listeners, right, hopefully if we can get those audio files out there too, have any suggestions and say, hey, I really would like to learn more about this topic. This is what's going on at where I'm at. We would love to entertain that. And like I said, the beauty is we can accomplish this right now in real time. So really look forward to interacting with everyone. So thank you so much, Dave, for having me today. No, oh, it's our pleasure. Thank you again for your time, and I wish you the best with the workshop, and I hope people take advantage of it. Thank you so much. We hope today's episode was helpful. Please visit www.aaaai.org for show notes and any pertinent links from today's conversation. If you like the show, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast through iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play so you can receive new episodes in the future. Thank you again for listening.